Oh God, you have come among us and you continue to come. Open our hearts and our minds and our eyes so that we might see how you come and how you bless us with your coming. Amen. I had a question run through my mind this week as I was reading up on this text again, and it was this. What if Mary had said no? We know the story. The angel comes and says all this kind of stuff that Mary was going to have happened to her. It's called the Annunciation, which is a fancy word of announcement. It wasn't a think about it or here's an invitation. It was an announcement. But what if Mary had said no? I don't want to have anything to do with that. And frankly, it'd be hard to blame her. I don't know that Mary really understood everything that this angel said to her about what was going to happen because it was just so mind-blowing. But it's pretty obvious that there was one thing that Mary got really quickly. And she said this. She said, well, how can this stuff be since I'm a virgin? So obviously, Mary recognized that somewhere in all this stuff the angel was saying, the angel was saying she was going to be pregnant. Now, that makes for a difficult situation for Mary. She was engaged to a man named Joseph. And really, frankly, that was her lot in life. That's what women did in those days. That was pretty much how they were known, and that was about the only thing they were really known for, unfortunately, is that they would birth children, especially sons, and notice even in the, in the reading, we don't find out Mary's name until after we find out that she is a virgin engaged to Joseph. So really, her role in life is to be married, probably, perhaps, an arranged marriage. And if she got pregnant, before she was married, that would not have been good. I really wouldn't have blamed her if she'd have said no. I mean, can you imagine the questions that we could put to Mary if she was here? For instance, what did your mom and dad say, Mary, when they found out? What did Joseph say? And most likely, Joseph did not find out from Mary. Because you see, an engagement period was basically a year-long waiting time where most all the time, the, the, uh, the guy that was going to be married and his fiancée that was going to be married, they weren't around each other. So probably Joseph found out from somebody else. You know how people can be. Maybe they saw the baby bump. Whisper, whisper, whisper. Then it finally gets to Joseph. wonder how he felt. I mean, we read in Matthew that he was going to Put her away privily, the King James says. He wasn't going to stick around. And how about, did anybody believe her? I mean, that's kind of a hard, hard story to swallow, right? And then the whole fear. You see, this would have brought shame 
upon not just Mary, but Mary's family. Because like I said earlier, this stuff did not just happen. Some scholars say, you know, that when Joseph was going to put her away quietly, privily, that what he was doing is that he loved her and he wanted to her, her to be able to avoid public shame. And not only would it be public shame, but perhaps a honor killing, putting her to death for doing this. Who could have blamed her if she'd have said no? And then, of course, of course, Mary, I'm sure, had no idea who would have about what was going to happen. You know, she gave birth to this baby. And then this baby grew up and started doing sorts of things and saying sorts of things. And who knew what in the world this guy was going to end up saying. And that was her son. And then, of course, if we follow it to the end, to watch him die on a cross... Who could have blamed her if she'd have said no? But she said yes. Why did Mary say yes? Well, even before we get to the why did Mary say yes, how about just the why Mary? Like I said earlier, we don't, we don't know anything about her. She was known because she was engaged to this guy. And I know that history has really told a lot about Mary and lifted up Mary is a model for all of us, which is good. But really, before all that, she really was really a, a, a nobody. So why Mary? See, one thing that happens, I think, when, whenever we do actually open our Bibles and read them, when we do read Scripture and we come across people in Scripture, we immediately dismiss them as anything different than us. Because, you know, they're in the Bible and all, and we're not. So they must be really super good people, superhuman kind of people. But, of course, if you really read Scripture, you'll see that most all of these people that we read about, they're capable of really good stuff and also really bad stuff. In other words, they're very human. Now, I'm not saying that Mary did necessarily very good things or very bad things growing up. But she was just very human. So why Mary? Well, I think God chose Mary because God does whatever it is God does. In other words, we don't know. I don't know. God chose Mary because, well, God chose Mary. Now, I think that points us to something else, that really this story, even though we're talking all about Mary, this really isn't Mary's story. It's not even the baby's story. This is God's story. It says that when the angel first comes, he says, uh, uh, Greetings, favored one. Now, in the Greek, both of those two words come from the root word of, of, for grace, chorus. So really, the first greeting could have been grace. O highly graced one. And then it goes on and says, Mary, you have found favor with God. That word favor is the word grace. In other words, this is an act of grace. Grace being a gift. A gift given to Mary. 
Mary, this is something that God is giving you. Why is God giving it to you? Because this is God's story. Why did God choose Mary? Because God chose Mary. But why we know Mary is because she did say yes. Why did she say yes? At the very end of the thing, you know, after first she questions and goes, how can this be? And at the end she says, uh, here I am, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. What is the word? I think it's two different phrases. The first one, when the angel says, Mary, don't be afraid. Now, of course, and you've heard me say this before, if you ever listen, is that whenever a messenger of God says in Scripture, do not be afraid, that really means to be very afraid. Now, what I really mean by that is that when God says do not be afraid, when God enters into our life, everything is going to be turned upside down. And normally that would scare us to death. So the message of do not be afraid is you don't need to be afraid even though things are going to be radically different because God is coming on the scene. There's no need to be afraid because God is going with you. That's one phrase. And then the last phrase. For nothing will be impossible with God. God could use this 13 to 14 year old virgin girl who really was just an ordinary kid to be the very mother of God. Now, on Sundays, when we, after our communion, we say, I believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, and I I serve him as my risen Lord. There we go. I've only been here eight years. You know, I got the first part. I believe that Jesus is Christ, the son of the living God, the living and present God, and I will serve him. We say that on Sundays after communion, right? Don't we all say that or maybe even cross our fingers sometimes? Well, if that's true, then this living God who blessed Mary will bless us who also seek to serve. Now, about this word blessing. God blessed Mary. But again, when we think of blessing, what do we think of? Like when I mentioned... You know, we're going to have this time of silence and invite you to share your blessings and joys. What do we share? I mean, we share things like happy things, you know, material things, um, family, friends, good health. Those are the blessings. Well, sometimes, though, and Mary's a good example, blessings aren't always so happy. Yes, there's joy, and there's joy in the end. But sometimes those blessings come with hard and even heartache. But God's call is to step into that blessing. Mary did it. Mary stepped into an uncertain future. And nine months later, there was a baby being born in a manger. 
because there was no room for that baby in the inn. And Mary continued to step into that blessed future, which led to a death on the cross. And even as she continued to step into that blessed unknown future, there was an empty tomb and a proclamation that he's not here, he's risen. How might God be blessing us, you, and calling you to say yes to that blessing? In a minute, I'm going to sit down and let you think about that, but I want to offer up just some examples to kind of get your own thinking. How I experienced a blessing just in this week, just in this one particular day, and it was Monday. Monday morning, I left here pretty early. I drove down to Hazard, Kentucky to see um, our dear church member friend, Dick Reed, who's staying at the Eastern Kentucky Veterans Center. And I went there, and of course I had to stop, stopped at Dairy Queen there in Hazard and got him some biscuits and gravy, because I think the guy could exist on biscuits and gravy. So as he was eating away at that and we were talking, the nurse came in, male nurse, and, and said that there was a card for him, for Dick. Well, Dick was, <laughs> Dick was busy eating, so I told him I'd open the card. Well, I took the card and looked at it, and I knew what it was right away, but I didn't tell Dick. I opened it up, and it was a card that a couple weeks earlier, when some of our older young people went to, um, to Walmart to buy stuff for the um, angel tree, while we were sitting at lunch, one of our sponsors, Rebecca, handed out cards, Christmas cards, for the kids to sign, and I told them who they were going to send it to, and they wrote their name, and a couple of them wrote, like, Merry Christmas on there. When Dick realized that this was a card from our church, and especially kids from our church, he got teary-eyed. These young people had accepted a blessing and blessed someone else. So instantly, I'm sitting there with Dick, and I'm texting Rebecca. Rebecca, please send this out to the kids and tell them that we do stuff like this. This is why we do these kind of things. And she sent it out, and one of the kids actually responded like, lovely or love or something like that. Well, I got back later that day, and man, that's a lot of driving down to Hazard and back. Um, got back pretty late in the afternoon, and Carter and Georgia were going to have band concert that I was going to be going to. Um, and I really was tired. I really wanted to just take a little nap before we went. But also knew that there was going to be a little gathering, a Christmas gathering for a group, because once a month a group called P-Flag meets in town in Frankfurt. Um, the third Mondays of the month. And P-Flag stands for Parents and Friends and Family of Lesbians and Gays. If you don't know about that, then you don't know much about me because that's a group I was involved with in Knoxville. When I moved here, was involved in the group in Lexington. Our own Kathy Warren helped start the group here. And basically what it is is a support group for people, for parents whose children have come out to them and they're wrestling with that, dealing with that. And also for children who have come out. And those children could be in their 50s or 60s. The reason why I go, interestingly, no ministers go but me. But I go just mostly so I can sit there and eventually somebody's going to say that their church, their family said how they're going to go to hell 
such and such and such and such. And I try my best to affirm to them that God loves them just as they are. Well, I didn't really want to go, but I had a little while. I was going to have to leave a little early to make the band concert. So I went, and it was a blessing I was called to, and it was a blessing to me because, and I didn't think about this, many of the folks in that room were sharing their either their sadness because they knew what they might face at Christmas from some family members, or sharing joys that rather than put themselves through that anymore, they're doing something different. And what was a joy for me was to just affirm the occasions of joy and to just let them know I'm sorry when they had to wrestle with hard stuff. And somewhere in that room was a blessing. And I didn't know it at the time, but God, I think, had called me into that blessing to be there that night and then to share that with you. Now, that's a blessing that I experienced, too, in one day. Now, of course, I'm guessing that most of you, driving down the hazards kind of a hard to do, and, and being a part of PFLAG, unfortunately, is not your thing, and I regret that. But I'm sure that God is putting blessings out for you in each day of your life. And you'll know it's a blessing if you know that participating in it will bring some sense of God's presence, God's love, God's care for all people. Someone that's sick, someone that needs a hug, someone who's struggling in this season. I don't know what it might be. I'm going to sit down for a little bit and let you think of how might God be wanting you to bless and to be a blessing to others. Nothing, nothing is impossible with God. Now let us stand and sing.